Blog Talk Radio. And, uh, yeah, it's time to get into the game, get back into the game, or for us to get into the game and see if we can find a voice out there again uh, for all the stuff that's going on. We always ask you to speak up, say what you need to say. And, again, I always give my friends this advice that, you know, if you address issues, not people, Stay professional. No one can find fault. This is still the United States of America, the land of free, and we have freedom of speech. You know, we just don't attack people. We we have the right to our opinions. We have the right to say what needs to be said and to discuss those things that need to be discussed. Uh, it it uh, it's getting to be it's sort of funny out there with what's going on and. Uh, you know, everybody's walking around so afraid that someone will be offended. Uh, you know, and that's what, first of all, I wanted to make sure I start out the program and, and, and always say that to all of you. Uh, if you're a parent, speak up to that tournament director. If you don't like what's going on, do it in a kind way, but speak up. Let them know. You know, if you're a coach, don't just buckle under and say I need to do what exactly what everybody is saying because everybody else is doing it. You know, speak up. Say what needs to be said. No one can find fault. Two things. Address issues, not people. Stay professional, and no one can find fault. So do we have a voice to speak up anymore? That's that's what I want to talk about. A program today is it tennis? Is it still education focused, or is it just simple entertainment? Education or entertainment? Many years ago, I had a really good coaching friend who said to me that you've got to understand that uh, people who are in coaching are not always now just into the uh, education part of it. They have a lot of people that just uh, basically trying to self-promote and push their names out there and 
a wise person told me one time. He goes, he goes, great people never put the messenger ahead of the message, and they never put a billboard out there in front of themselves. Um, you know, a fine, a fine wine needs no bush. Uh, an empty barrel makes the most noise. Uh, those are those are things that we learned in, as children, didn't we? And uh, it really is a funny world out there. I mean, everybody's a hero on Facebook, and everybody's tempted to put everything up there on Facebook. And I uh, have told my um, the guys on my team, I said, you know, it's really funny. There's uh, across the street from our college, <clears throat> there, well, pretty close within a mile, there's a great medical university, and. Uh, I said, there's probably a heart surgeon over there that saved 100 people's lives this last year. You know, that heart surgeon never put something up on uh, the bulletin board or, or on Facebook or Snapchat or something. Hey, guess what I did this week? But we have we have things where people put up, you know, just anything they can for recognition. Consequently, the frustrating thing right now is that finding a platform – Finding a voice, finding a soapbox, may you, or a pulpit, or anything to speak your your words of approval or disapproval, or your opinion to give your American opinion. We are losing these. It's it's quite frustrating. So uh, consequently, even with our radio program here, which we've been, we now are started the eleventh year. Uh, it was 2012 when we started, and uh, in June, and now we're in the 11th year, and we've been uh, doing these programs, and uh, haven't been with you recently, haven't been speaking my uh, mind, as I've been frustrated about trying to uh, find those who will listen. I had a good call from a friend the other day. It says. Coach, what you doing, man? You got to get going with your radio program again. I said, really? I said, he goes, yeah. He said, we need people speaking up. I said, are you kidding me? We absolutely do. And he says, it's it, there's not even not even a, a forum to hear our opinions. There's no discussions. I said, absolutely, and and that's pretty much what what we want to start doing. First of all, that's. More important than anything else in this program, this short program today, I wanted to say that to all of you. Um, you are an American citizen, and you speak up. Say what needs to be said, and daggone it, if it's your children, ha, huh, if it's your children. I've got a daughter who started high school tennis recently. I'm so, so very upset. I'm anxious for the season to actually get over with so that, she can start practicing not as hard as she's got wonderful coach, wonderful young ladies around them and kind parents, but the format, having to play abbreviated scoring, no ad sets, cutting matches short, all these things. I want her to learn how to play tennis. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. So I've got to find my forum to argue as a parent. So I'm a, I'm a parent but also, you know, I'm a coach. So I've been fighting now for 15 years or more over what has been happening. Actually, it's, it goes back a lot longer than that, and I've given the history of that before. I won't uh, go into that now, but um, there was a novel idea started by Jimmy Van Allen 
Van Allen scoring system, VAS, and it was started back in the early 70s where he wanted to promote why do we have ads in in our game of scoring uh, of tennis. And and I always uh, used to counter that by saying, well, why do we have long at-bats in baseball? There's a very strategic way. As the baseball playoffs are starting now and the baseball playoffs are being done, uh, could you imagine a player at bat and when the it's a full count, three balls, two strikes, the next pitch either – sends the player back to the dugout or to first base. There is no no such thing as a 10-pitch at-bat or 11-pitch or anything strategically done during those first five pitches or six pitches that it is that are strategic for the long run. And that's what we have with no-ad scoring. We um, basically are not allowing our kids to learn what's going on. But I, I don't want to talk just about that. I've, 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 we've got our 23 reasons why, and I've published, tried to publish. I've sent articles around about how damaging that game point is because it counts. It counts eight points. It's an eight-point swing. It's not one point. It's an eight-point swing. And... Uh, the cheating that's going on in junior tennis now, the cheating that's going on in college tennis is primarily because of that. And might I say, where would this be coming from? Huh? Where is the push here? Random results. Who benefits from random results? And we're going to get get there in a second. But I want to go through this back, background and, and talk a little bit. The first point I wanted to make, though, is stand up, speak out. Please, we need you out there. And uh, just come on, <laughs> freedom of speech, freedom of speech. But we need to let our administrators know. Now, who are our administrators? Are, are, are our administrators being driven by the entertainment dollar? Are they being driven by education? I, uh, I think it's probably the latter, the entertainment dollar rules. And I've brought this up before, but the first thing that our Sent our central government of tennis and those things should be doing is harping on the preservation of the history and the heritage of our game and honoring the history and the heritage of our game. And uh, we're doing everything but. We're basically pushing very, very hard now for not we, but they are pushing very, very hard. I'm not included in their uh, to make everything entertainment-driven and, and some, get some dollars. Um, uh, the ITA is maybe the biggest culprit. That's the Intercollegiate Tennis Association. It was formally, listen, folks, the ITCA. It was supposed to be the Intercollegiate Tennis Coaches Association. It was a, originally an organization for the coaches to get together to talk, to try to work out tournaments, to help from grassroots going up, get ideas and go forward and try to improve our sport. Uh, it's been nothing more, nothing less than a an organization now. They've changed their name. Holy cow. They, they changed their, their name to We Are College Tennis. Now, I don't know who gave them the authority, and I, I hope there's an ITA guy listening to this out there 
Who gave you the authority to change the Intercollegiate Tennis Coaches Association to the Intercollegiate Tennis Association? Now we are college tennis. That sounds like a, a two- or three-tier hijacking of um, you are not college tennis, and that ought to make the NCAA and the NAIA and the different organizations furious that they would be so arrogant. We want you to stand up, speak out. Folks, we need feedback, too. Uh, talk to your tennis officials. Talk to your tennis coaches. But uh, we need to, need to go forward. I want to ask you this question, though, and... Um, I ask a couple people to call in today, and I'm hoping they will be on the show too. And I need to, um, in the future, I'm going to try to get a program where we have uh, people that are fighting for uh, the abbreviated scoring and fighting for uh, all of the cuts that they're making in the sports. But I'm going to ask you two questions here. Number one, let's say if the greats of tennis, the real greats of tennis, a Rod Laver, a Stan Smith, uh, Chris Everett, uh, you know, you, you know, whoever the greatest of the greats are, four or five of them got together and said, hey, we want to change 149 years of traditional scoring here, and we want to change the scoring system in tennis. Wouldn't we go, wow, the arrogance, isn't that, what, what are they doing here? What do they really should they really be doing this? But think about it. We have these administrators, administrators who a lot of them are not even coaches. They're they may be marginal club players. Some of them, some of them might be good coaches or good players, but a lot of them aren't. And they get into the administration of tennis, and then what are they driven by? Are they driven by other educators and people who really are seeking the best for what our great sport of tennis is about? Are they trying to turn a profit? Or where, and, and where, by the way, might a profit come from? Where is the profit coming from You know that, that finances of these decisions? So I'm going to ask you that, first of all. Would that, that – that's, that's – it would be atrocious if we had our greats come forward who are well-respected. And they, by the way, they would never do that because the greats have never put themselves above the history and the heritage of our sports. They want to be part of the history and the heritage. By the way, the best book out there, I have every one of my players read Rod Laver and Autobiography. If you want your youngster to fall in love with tennis, the very first thing, get that book by Triumph Books. Rod Laver and Autobiography. It is, it's fantastic. And um, the way it's done is really, really good. A lot of the tennis books are really okay, but, but this, this is a great one. I have my players and coaches also that I've mentored or in things read the Talent Code. The Talent Code, and it's by Daniel Coyle, or I think it's Coyle, C-O-Y-L, I think it's Daniel Coyle. I think that's correct. The Talent Code. And then, uh, of course, I'm going to push my book a little bit. Folks, my book's still out there, uh, Coaching Tennis. It's it's the third-rated book 
uh, best sell, sold, but it also, as far as education, it has. I'm very, very proud of the book, um, Coaching Tennis. Uh, it's still out there. You can get those. But I, those are the three I have players that are coming to our team. But but I wanted to ask you if it, the history and the heritage of the game are the most important things. The second question is this. Why in the world would the persistence for the last 15 years of very, very hard persistence, this push for no ad scoring, abbreviated, tiebreakers for the third set, that it didn't just start yesterday. This we're talking probably 15 years ago. There's been a hard sell. You've got to understand that there was no ad scoring for college as an experimental thing back in the 80s, and the coaches got rid of it because they saw their players taking too many losses they shouldn't take. Also, the USTA stepped up and said, "You know what? It's not even a recognized scoring system." And, uh, you know, our kids aren't learning. Well, then we had uh, the last 15 years we've had this concerted effort by several people, administrators primarily, that have been pushing for abbreviated scoring. Okay, so if, if you have a cause, what would push you for 15 years or more to be persistent and try all of the angles become part of the fabric of the sport of tennis. I was on the national committee for the, uh, they had, it was the National Junior Tennis Committee back in 2000, I think I'm, I'm saying 10, 11, 12 and something before I got back into college coaching. By the way, year 45 in college coaching, year 52, I'm very proud to have, taught and loved this sport for so long, but 52 years in coaching, and this is year 45 in college coaching. But I was on the committee back then, and primarily my focus was I was trying to get them to dump that third set tiebreaker. It was ludicrous that kids play that third set tiebreaker, and I don't have to tell you much more except it makes more random results. The worst thing that I, the thing as an educator I would always bring up is I'd say, guys, all of the learning takes place in the third set. <laughs> but but most of these administrators do not care about the learning. <laughs> There's another reason. They want random results. But it's not just that. Then the no-ad coming in, the no-ad scoring. Now, the administrators there were saying, well, we've got to have more tournaments. And the kid the tournaments can't be done in a two- or three-day period. We've got to jam them in. So we've got to, at the same time, the, they had these science people saying, oh, my golly, they can't play more than two matches a day. The children can't do this. <laughs> if any of you played tennis for a very long time, you know that we used to play three and four matches a day, and we used to, as kids, brag about it. None of the kids ever died on the tennis court. I told people, and I might, I've looked it up before. I don't think people, when you're in tennis, when you get tired, you miss balls and you lose quickly. And and if anybody plays tennis, they know that. Just like all of you, if you play tennis, you realize, have you ever had to use the bathroom on the tennis 
now and then very rarely, but in my whole career of playing, you never have to leave the court and go use the bathroom. Now they allow people to use it as a as a timeout uh, and to break momentum, and it's it's just horrible. Could you imagine a basketball game getting down to the end and the team just walk off and say, well, well, well we all got to use the bathroom to kill momentum? Think of a team doing – think of a boxer doing this. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, round 14 coming up. I'm sorry, i got to go use the bathroom. I'll be back in a minute. Are you kidding me? Okay, <laughs> and a boxer never has to use the bathroom. In other sports, I don't – it, 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 it's really ludicrous that we've allowed this to happen. But the bottom line on the thing is that this no-ad scoring, uh, they, were, they said they were trying to cram it in. We did a very, very good job with the 32-draw tournaments where they would play two rounds on Saturday, two rounds on Sunday, only the finals would be playing on Monday. That was a good system for five matches, 32-draw and then all you needed to do was start doubles on the Friday night before if you wanted to do and do pro sets. Don't do these stupid one-set things. Parents out there, are you upset with the one-set doubles? Is it even worth playing doubles? It's a joke. The college has pushed this through. It's a joke. Anyhow, when I was on this committee, I said to one time, I, they threw me off finally, you know, but in – I don't know. I guess maybe I haven't had enough experience in my 45 years of college coaching, 52 years, and you know, travel, doing all that I've done in 21 countries and around the world. And I'm not doing that to brag on anything. I'm just uh, I've been in love with tennis for many months since I was a child, and all and I'm all I've tried to do is promote the sport and be an educator first, entertainer, maybe last, last. But I've been an educator. A teacher, and then then a um, you know a lover of sports, all sports, but tennis has been the primary one. But for for all these years, these coaches have been doing this and pushing, pushing. When I was on the committee, I said, "Look, I know where this is going. You're going to try to push this into college. Then when it's pushed into college." The goal then will be to bleed it down into the junior ranks. And once you bleed it down into the junior ranks, you've got a large age group that's going to be coming up through the junior ranks into college, and then your goal is going to be to push it into the professional ranks. Folks, does that make sense, or does it make more sense to say, oh, we care about the children, they're going to get overheated? That's a bunch of malarkey. Or does it make sense... You know, to, for for the people to just be saying, oh, we're going to try to get it on TV. I would always say in the committee meetings, folks, if you want us on TV, we'll do a hoochie-coochie show for that TV event, whatever you want. But don't screw up the whole game of tennis because you're trying to fit it into time slots. That's ludicrous. And by the way, what's better watching on TV? Uh, no ad scoring? where it is like, whoa, what, what just happened? Oh, this guy won the game. Oh, did he? Oh, why are they arguing down there? Oh, wait a minute, it was a close line call? Oh, oh, yeah, both of them think they're getting cheated now out of one point. One guy's cheating, the other guy's not. And, and it's, 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 a, it's ludicrous. Or what's more interesting? Or you see the long seven, eight-minute game, eight-minute game at the, the U.S. Open this year, uh, at fourth set, 
server down, 4-5, long, long game, having to try to hold on the drama of the longer game. Which, which is more exciting, the first six pitches and then the players out or sits down, or is it that long bat with a runner on third and you're waiting, he fouls the ball off, fouls the ball off. Then he gets a hold of one, the guy makes a great play. We are screwing up the sport so bad with this. So the point is, I would always argue, why are you guys doing this? Why are you guys doing this? What's the motive? What is the motive for making more random results? Well, they, that's exactly what's happened. They're bled it. They're bleeding it down now. And uh, this is the big news, folks. I found out that at the U.S. Open, the ITF, I think it was the ITF, it had to have been, but they were trying to get the U.S. Open uh, juniors to use, listen to this, tiebreaker for the third set. They're trying to get, trying to. they're already doing the backdraw at Kalamazoo. You know how excited the players are at Kalamazoo to play the backdraw, folks? We had 53 people pull out, 53 kids pull out. They don't play. They don't play. A lot of our kids, I had a parent tell me, my son played 14 tournaments last year. He never played a third three-set match. Do you really, really think that we're doing the best thing by the kids and not having them play out the third set? So many of these things are happening. So many of these things are happening. So recently um, I went to a tournament over in Georgia, and I was talking to one of the um, referees over there, and I said, look, this no-ad scoring, and the lady says, we, we hate no-ad scoring because it causes too many arguments, and then we're responsible for this one call that flips the match one way or another. And if you don't understand that, it's an eight-point swing very quickly. Think about 4-4 game and who wins five. the one point to go to 5-4. It's very obvious that person needs four, the other person needs 12. It's very obvious at 4-2 to two, if a person either goes up 5-2 or 4-3. It's either a three-game spread or a one-game spread, and that's an eight-point eight swing. But the first game of the match, the first game of the match with no ad folks, if if you win the game, the other person has to win eight points to get ahead to one game they would have. That's why the kids cheat so much and why there's so much cheating going on. We don't need all the referees that we have. We just need kids using the code again. We used a code, if you remember back when we used traditional scoring, the scoring we've used for 149 years. Getting back to the tournament that I went to over in Georgia. Went over to Georgia, watched a junior tournament, talked to a referee. They were throwing in this um, no-ad stuff and things when for uh, they had a little bit of rain. And I said, you know why they're doing this? She said, well, I, none of us like it. And I said, look. The real, the real reason is it promotes think, folks. Now, look, 15 years we've had people pushing this. Why would they push this simple thing? It's not for the kids or dear children. It's, they get too hot when they play. It's not for that. It, it is not for education. It's not for the, the television stuff. Who benefits? Is there a quid? pro 
quo agreement behind these people that like this? Is there a quid pro quo agreement? And I believe there is. And the referee, she told me, she said, look, when we do UTR tournaments, there's a switch on the box for the scoreboard. It says, stop the betting. What? Stop the betting. Do you think gambling has a little bit to do with this? Yes, it does. It's disgusting. Did you know that tennis is the second most gambled on sport in the world? Second most gambled on sport. Why? Because there are so many betting opportunities. In a 128 draw, you have 127 matches. You have 127 opportunities in a 128 draw just for the match. Now add in that you could bet on the game point one way or another, 50-50 a game point. Huh. Now add in that you have more random results. See, look, I've, I've coached a long time. And you may have played a long time, but you, you you picked up ultimately that tennis is very, very fair when you use traditional scoring. The better player usually wins. That's why kids work hard. They know that if they work hard, the better player will prevail, and they climb the ladder first. You don't go forward without the hard work and losing this, learning the skills. We should not have a scoring system that becomes more important than the skill sets on the court. Think about this now. What is more powerful, the skill set on the court that you work very, very hard to learn that slice backhand and how to control the ball over and over and over again and try to break down a stroke, or a scoring system at point swing if you win the point? It's not even close. That would be like having a five-point shot in basketball. What's more important, normal routine fundamentals or the five-point shot? Folks, it, it's really a disgusting thing. But, you know, probably the most frustrating thing, and I'm reaching out to you today, my friend said, Coach, you got to keep speaking up. You're a fighter, you know, and, and there are some people out there that listen, Coach. And, and guys, I'm, I'm telling you, there's nothing to be earned. Our sport is the best teaching tool you could ever have for our young people. They don't ever get to, they do not move forward without time or merit or work. And what else could we want for our children? But if my daughter works really, really, really hard and, and she gets does not get rewarded for her hard work i i'm going to move on to something else for my daughter you know piano might be uh better art or something might be better than than tennis and we we can't be doing this i don't want to even bring up the daggone pickleball thing you know a pickleball somebody told me the other day it's like you ever been to a football game coach or a recreation a picnic they play that golf game cornhole that's sort of like what pickleball you got a bunch of people sitting around and then play the pickleball and we've got tennis players going there that were good college players that couldn't crack the pros now they're playing it but there's there's no dimensions to it and uh you know what the one thing i will give 
pickleball a plug, though. The scoring system, you have side-out scoring, which makes it somewhat interesting. If you ever, if they ever have rally scoring, that that sport will dry up faster than uh, daggone uh, wet sponge on a on a Arizona hot desert. You know, it it's going to dry up quick. But uh, the scoring system in tennis is is extremely boring extremely boring they thought at first that hey that game point will be exciting uh, folks i used to say i said uh you know excitement is like uh excitement dwindles with each occurrence drama intensifies with each denial uh, excitement is sort of like riding uh, the ferris wheel twice and you say oh, let's go over here to the roller coaster you ride it one twice and by the third time and nah, nah, let's go over here to the merry-go-round and pretty much uh that's the excitement dwindles with each occurrence like the old uh i used to also an analogy i used to use folks was uh i said excitement is like the old movies that you would see the monster and the first time it was scary, and then like Godzilla, the old Godzilla movies, you're scared first thing, and then you start laughing, laughing because you realize it's, it's not, it's not scary at all. Uh, some of those old horror movies, and we've desensitized our kids, haven't we, with uh, excitement? There's so much excitement that they bring so much visual things, excitement to the screen that people just laugh at it after a while. It's ridiculous. You want to become really uh, uh, something that's not exciting but intense, intense, intense. Watch an old Alfred Hitchcock movie. Uh, gosh, the movie. I'll think of the name here in a minute. But, uh, you know, an old uh, – his his old movies that led up to the, the drama of uh, – the moment and it really they did get you sitting on the edge of your seats but uh you know so excitement dwindles with each occurrence drama intensifies with each denial the drama of the tennis match of a youngster closing it out and having that long game i used to ask my players all the time i used to say when did you win the match before you won it they said coach uh second set uh you know, as one one, and I had that long, long game. I had about, you know, about five ads and didn't get it. Then finally, I broke through and and uh, won that game. And then the guy sort of went away. And that's that's the way I used to handle. You know, I talked to my players. I said, great players see the chance. You know, to see the battles that need to, need to be won in order to win the match. In no ad scoring, basically, it's 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 really laugh. It's it's not laughable. It's extremely sad. Your play, your son, your son, your daughter, your player could be a much better player, and they just, uh, you know, they lose three no ad points, and they they lose six zero <laughs> instead of it being three three. It it's it's really horrible, you know. So. Uh, just a couple more quick things here I wanted to go uh, to our organizations, USTA. Yeah, yeah, we need you. But let me tell you, USTA, we need you to be an educationally organized, educationally motivated and, and not a top-down managed, top-down dictatorial situation. We need you to manage 
some of the things and give us guide guidelines. But tennis needs to go back to being bottom up. Bottom up. It needs to be organized in your local parks, your local cities. I'm going to our local. The lady runs our local parks and and try to get some tournaments done the right way. And forget who cares whether you have that what UTR whatever that thing at rating and all that. You know people want to play tennis. They see the point system is really messed up too because the kids now there our kids aren't motivated by points. They're motivated by rivalries and tournaments of heritage. Now they have to play for the points now and they they're out there scared to death to lose to a lower UTR and that's not the way the thing should run. The UTR would be good. You got UTR guys if you didn't if you allowed a person to see their own, it'd be an educational tool. But right now it's it's awful what it does with kids. A lot of kids just duck the tournaments, don't they? They duck the tournaments, and they they really are just running and hiding from having to play someone that's ranked below them on the UTR. You know, so anyhow, we've got just a minute or two here. I wanted to just also reach out and just say that um, I, I think regardless, regardless, the USTA, listen, I I used to be a national coach. I worked for you guys. I was national junior Davis Cup t- coach for three two and a half years. I was a national coach, Sunshine Cup coach. All those things I was very very happy to serve, and I applaud the the time that you give, and I applaud and am grateful for the guidance and the educational programs. But you are turning into a profit driven bureaucracy, and that's as, as kind as I can put it that really right now you're trying to self-sustain, especially after the COVID scare and the crisis there. You know, you're trying to gain back some of the lost revenue, I guess. But, you know, don't hijack hijack pickleball. Don't hijack, you know, anything about what people are doing. You've made a big, big mistake in managing from top down. Uh, in the program I had earlier in, in August, the things that need to be corrected, you, you basically have ruined a lot of local tournaments that took years to build because from top-down management, you regulate a tournament that's very successful but maybe didn't have enough courts, enough hotels in town, didn't generate enough revenue, didn't have enough people there. But you've regulated them to maybe a level two, I always say it's like the YMCAO, you're in the blue group, you're in the level one red group, you're in the the green group over here, and, and you've regulated those tournaments and dumbed them down. And, and people, kids are not playing for the point. In the end, they wanted to win the Cracker Land. They wanted to win, they still want to win the Orange Bowl. You haven't dumbed that thing down, I guess, but... But they they want to win Kalamazoo. They don't care. They'd rather win Kalamazoo and be a Kalamazoo champion than to uh, be number one in the country. What do you think a pro would rather do, USTA? What do you think they'd rather say, I'm a U.S. Open champion or a Wimbledon champion, or do you think they'd rather be number one in the country? You've got to make sure that the tournaments of heritage prevail. And, and you've got to nurture that. You've got to nurture... Towns like Belton, South Carolina, that used to run the Pal- they run the Palmetto Tournament now, but it's 
that the USTA has regulated it down to one of their level whatever. And it's horrible to do that. And then what you do just takes one time to cut the legs out from under these grassroots volunteers, and then they're saying, I'm not giving my time to that group anymore. Hey, by the way, my kid went to this tournament, and it cost uh, $2,000 playing it, and they only got to play three matches, and they were all no ad. By the way, it rained, and then he abbreviated it. I'm not doing that one again. Hey, I think we can spend our money a little bit better. My daughter used to be a swimmer, and all it took was for her to uh, go up to a tournament, and they wanted us to join 15 different organizations that are all run by micromanagers. And I go, whoa, whoa, honey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this really worth it for our daughter? To my wife, I was telling her, wait a minute, there is she she go swim? She dove in and swam down and swam back, and whoa, wait a minute, how much did this cost us? So no wonder swimming programs, they, they micromanage too much. USTA, get out of your micromanaging. You need to foster grassroots up, you know, grassroots up. And um, USTA, I've told you this before, and I hate to say told you so, but <clears throat> the reason you're losing all your seniors, it's the symmetry of the game, is too out of sync. Uh, you, the ball striking has overcome the movement. There is no symmetry. You've got to either retard the rackets and slow them down and go back to smaller rackets for the senior citizens or you've got to change the ball and don't use the green ball get do a ball called the gold standard dunlop or wilson if you guys are listening use something pen do what call it the gold standard slow it down make it just a little bit softer a little bit more felt or a little bit but get something that matches up with the symmetry of how old people move, and you'll get more old people playing. Uh, people go to rip pickleball, pickleball right now. You know what it's about? It's about the symmetry of the movement versus the ball striking. That's all. Tennis is like fly fishing. Uh, pickleball is like cane pole fishing with a worm in a pond. And it's exciting for a while, but it ain't going to keep the people playing very long. It, it's just not going to do it. There's not enough depth to it. Parents, look, I, I, all I can tell you here is it, the big, only reason you want your children playing tennis, the biggest reason is the educational value. And guess what? If they get hooked on the sport and want to be great at it, help them as much as you can. But you are not going to help your children be great by following this this pathway that they call, again, I've said so many times, it needs to be a freeway, a highway, an open, it has to be a bottom-up, something that is educationally driven. And, and I'd like to make this last point as far as motivation is concerned. Many years ago, I heard a great talk early in my coaching career, folks, and it said, the guy goes, look, people are driven uh, to do things, are motivated for six things. Financial reward and material reward are the obvious things, okay? But there also is association, appreciation, <clears throat> self-improvement, and service to others. Okay, so let's for kids take out the the <clears throat> material and financial reward. 
association being part of something. Okay, that that USTA thing being part of that's all right. I mean, I was a USTA member a lot of years. I was a kid playing, but that was they were way down. They were way way somewhere else. But bottom line, I like being part of my park tennis group and my high school tennis team and things. Bottom up association, appreciation. Our ground troops and our workers in the clubs and things, folks. They need appreciation. And USTA, you've done everything but that. You throw these silly awards at them, and, you know, again, everybody's a hero on Facebook. They don't care about they. They need to be able to understand that their work has changed, that changed lives, like they did at Belton, South Carolina, so many years. The Peach State over in Georgia. And, you know, we had, used to have Central Indiana Junior Open when I – there was a lady named Barbara Wynn. I'm going to give her a shout-out there. I don't know what's going on with her, but she helped hundreds and hundreds. Steve Wakefield, Barbara Wynn, uh, Paul Ditzenberger, this guy at our local park. But they help hundreds of children. And we love those people the rest of our lives because of how many children they helped. But association, appreciation, self-improvement, huh? Huh. Kids are kids are motivated by self-improvement, folks. It's not toys and things. It's by what they learn and the hunger of an inquisitive mind by learning and the educational tools. Self-improvement. Listen, last one, USTA. People are should be and are motivated by service to others. So forget the financial reward. But remember, appreciation, association, self-improvement service to others and folks I have been on my soapbox that I am allowed to have nowadays about long enough and I'm going to try to stay fighting I'm going to keep fighting address issues not people you can say what you want to folks parents we need you go to the tournament directors a squeaky wheel will get the oil but if it squeaks too loud it gets removed but I'd rather you squeak too loud and, and make a Make a little bit of a stink so that tournament director knows what the heck is going on here. Your ki- our kids need to play third sets. Our kids need to play traditional scoring. Our kids need to learn how to play the sport of tennis. And you guys who are manage- uh, administrators, do what's right for the educational part of it. <clears throat> Get the marketeers out of there. Uh, let's let's get the educators back in there. Okay. I always remind you at the end of the program, you're in the process of winning or losing every day of your life, and it has very little to do with a win or a loss. We'll see you the next time on American Tennis. God bless all of you. Come